you're in the right place. The place where you can learn to improve your health and achieve wellness naturally. You're in the right place. This is Naturally Speaking, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health on KTRS. Hello and welcome into another episode of Naturally Speaking with the Institute of Natural Health. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Seth Gerlach, and with Dr. T.J. Williams and Aaron Flynn. Uh, today we're talking about depression. Uh, it's a big topic. Um, a lot of people are in depression meds. They get in a depressed cycle, and it's really hard to get out. Uh, we're going to talk about causes of depression um, and at-home tips if you if you are struggling with this. Uh, so it's a good show. Hopefully you guys are going to listen in. Uh, like I said... Uh, we are the Institute of Natural Health. We're an integrative health and wellness clinic in St. Louis. We see lots of different kinds of people, and we have lots of different therapies for people, too. Um, what most people or most doctors don't do today is really spend time with patients and figure out what makes them tick and what is really driving their disease. And that's what we really pride ourselves in, um, you know, sitting down, getting to know people, finding out what's going on with them. Because it takes a lot longer than a five-minute visit to figure out what's wrong with someone. So that's what we really do. Like I said, I am Seth Gerlach. Um, I uh, was really sick as a child. Uh, I had migraines, vertigo, back pain, uh, neck pain, gut pain, any kind of pain you can imagine. Uh, I had it. His I, hair hurt, ladies and gentlemen. He was in so bad. much pain. It was bad. <laughs> you didn't know me then. You don't know. Uh, yeah, you've, you've said it. No. Oh. You've said it before. Gotcha. That was Dr. TJ, by the way. Uh, but I was on handfuls of medications and saw dozens of different doctors, uh, but none of them really told me what was wrong and what we were going to do to fix it. You know, it was kind of just throwing medications at me and nothing really stuck. And it never really made sense to me uh, until I stepped out of that box uh, into the natural health box. Um, and that's when my health really took off. I got off all my medications. Um, I'm as healthy as I've ever been, and I'm glad to be here to tell other people on uh, on how to do that because it is so possible because your health is in your hands, um, and we love giving people the opportunity to do that. Dr. T.J. Williams is here with us also. Dr. T.J., you want to tell them a little bit about uh, yourself? Sure. Let's uh, let's wing this story today. So I uh, I spent a lot of years in college. I'm a chiropractor, and I also have a Ph.D., so... That was a couple of decades of life there, uh, getting those degrees. But when I was first practicing as a chiropractor, I did a lot of uh, musculoskeletal work. I was adjusting people day in, day out, traveling the uh, country as one of the team doctors for the University of Arkansas. And what I kept noticing was that I just kept adjusting these people in the same places at the same time over and over and over again. And I figured out there had to be a, a better way, and so I started in the journey, on my journey of functional medicine. And in doing that, it allowed me to figure out what was actually causing these problems in people and start addressing bigger issues and bigger health issues. And I, I have to say that it was one of the greatest things I've ever done, one of the greatest decisions I've ever made. It's transformed my life um, and a lot of people's lives around me. And so it's just been a, uh, it's been a fun ride. And I, I just love what I do, and I love helping others and, and teaching others. And now I get the privilege of lecturing to patients and to doctors and just teaching and spreading the word of, of uh, functional medicine and how important nutrition and diet and proper testing is for people. All right. Thanks, Doc. Aaron? 
Yes, I am here to kind of add the patient perspective to the show. I came to the doctors at the Institute of Natural Health when I was really sick, and they have brought me back. I've learned a lot from them, and I also try to keep them from talking over our heads and bring them back down to layperson terms so everyone can understand. So I hopefully will be thinking the same thing a lot of you will be thinking and asking the same questions. Cool. Let's do it. Let's jump into uh, depression today. Depression. All right. So up to one in four people in America today have depression. That's staggering if you think about it. I mean, think how many millions of people that is. That's that's 25%. That's like uh, hundred, almost 100 million people. We're, we're almost 100, 400 million people in this country. Are we really? Are yeah, 380-something, I think, 380 oh, wow. million. See, so I didn't even know that. Yeah. yeah. I think we're, so we're 100 million people. Crazy. Wow. And we've been taught that uh, depression's a serotonin deficiency, and that's all you need. Yep. Hogwash. I don't think I've ever seen a study that proves that we have a serotonin deficiency, but... You know what? I don't think I have either. I mean, it doesn't seem, mean that it doesn't exist, but I haven't seen it. Uh, I, I follow a lot of people, too, and I haven't seen anyone that says that they found the the, the secret to depression. Yeah. Know? No. The, the thing about what we do, functional medicine, is that everyone is individualized, everyone's unique, and everyone's disease or condition is different. So one person's quote-unquote depression can be totally different from someone else's depression. Um, so let's get into some of those causes that we have today. Um, and, and so instead of this mindset that um, uh, depression is a serotonin deficiency, which is, by the way, it's a neurotransmitter that you have in your brain and your gut. Yep. Um, let's look full picture. Let's look at the full body, right? Right. Why not? Um, so one of the big causes of, inflama- or of depression is inflammation, actually. Yeah. Um, and I think the, one of the reasons they found this out is because when they were giving people these anti-inflammatory medications for other conditions that they had, you know, like uh, aspirins or something over the counter, even in the, the bigger heavy hitting drugs, that people's depression symptoms kind of went away. Hmm. Isn't that weird? Well, let's think about that for a second. So you give an anti-inflammatory that is going to put the fire that's burning because we, you know, for those of you who are new to the show, inflammation in the body is really just the body burning down. It's the, the house is on fire. And so if you're giving an anti-inflammatory, you're putting the fire out. And if serotonin is made in the gut and we start putting out the fire in the gut, um, and that changes our level of depression. And serotonin has to do with how, we, how good we feel. Um, then, yeah, it makes perfect sense that an anti-inflammatory medication would uh, would improve depression symptoms. Wild. Yeah. Was that line drawn clear enough for you, Erin? <laughs> she's got her shock face on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, hmm. Makes, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? It does make sense. So what? So some of the causes of inflammation, because inflammation is a big buzzword now, but where do we get it from? Um, I'd say the number one would probably be food that we eat. Yeah. Would you agree? Definitely food. The one thing that we do day in and day out that aggravates our immune system and causes inflammation is eat a food that we are not supposed to be eating. Food does one of two things. It either builds you up or breaks you down. And just because a food has been classified as a quote-unquote health food does not mean that it's actually healthy for you. We've talked about it on this show about all of our various food sensitivities and things that we shouldn't be eating. Um, And people 
come into our clinic. They, they, they do lots of food sensitivity testing, and they are amazed that it was possibly a food that was creating the problems. But you know what I love to hear are the stories where people get on their food sensitivity diet, and they come back and they're like, you know what? I didn't even talk about the fact that my knees hurt every day, but my knees don't hurt anymore. Or I didn't talk about the fact that I take, you know, six ibuprofens because I was embarrassed to tell you that I take six ibuprofens a day, but now I don't take any ibuprofens. It's, it's, I'm telling you, this is why I do what I do. It's fun. It's great to hear people tell you success stories. Yeah, that's amazing. And I always say food is not just calories in, calories out. Food is information for your genes. It can make you healthier or it can make you sicker. So, it's so imperative that you eat the right foods for you. Like I can't have blueberries, Doctor TJ. Yeah. What can What can you not have? I'm not supposed to have carrots. Yep. Um. There's uh. There, there, actually, believe it or not, there's quite a few vegetables that I'm not supposed to have. Really? Yeah. yeah me too. Me too. Actually. So, yeah, yeah. Me too. And that's why I know I've said on the show before that it's so important for people to get food sensitivity testing because you it, instinctively try to eat vegetables when you are trying to be healthier and those vegetables could be what you aren't supposed to eat. That's right. That's wow. exactly right. So, Aaron, that's profound. I, I'm not supposed to have <laughs> one, one thing that, that's really tough is I'm not supposed to have turmeric and turmeric is a big anti-inflammatory food, but it's not anti-inflammatory for me. It actually creates a problem for me. So I have to avoid turmeric. We actually see that a lot, Dr. TJ with our patients. Yeah, you're right. Um, I, I feel their pain. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. A lot, but people that have been taking, you know, the over-the-counter turmeric or whatever um, every day to fight pain, just masking pain, but then they develop a food sensitivity to it, and it makes the problem worse. Right, and they un- and they don't figure – they can't figure out why it's not working for them. So Right, not good. Um, the food sensitivity, it's – all it is is a simple blood draw. Um, it tests 184 different foods, and it's – they're black and white – actually black and red – Yep, black on, the, and red. on the paper, black and, red. and it shows you which foods you can eat and which foods you cannot eat. Eat and the foods that you cannot eat; those are inflammatory to you. They make your immune system mad, and when we get these immune flares, this is when we create the widespread inflammation. We have things like joint pain and brain fog and memory loss and mood changes and depression. Um, all these things could be coming from the things that you are eating. Right, and they could actually be causing symptoms of depression. I know I I didn't have the symptoms of depression from foods I ate, but I did notice that when I found out what my sensitivities were and started eating the foods I was supposed to eat, I did not have anxiety. And I did not have severe anxiety before. And I didn't even really realize that I had it until I started eating what I was supposed to eat. And I thought, huh, it just, everything seemed easier. And I'm like, I was kind of anxious before. So you don't think of those as being something that could be caused by food, but it can cause all sorts of problems, which include, you know, emotional or psychological issues. Yeah, that's a great tip, Aaron. We see that a lot. Uh, if you have more questions on that, you can check out our website at theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com. We talk about that a little more. Um, stick with us on the side of this break. We're going to talk about more causes of depression. Stick with us. This is Naturally Speaking. Welcome back to Naturally Speaking. Naturally Speaking from the Institute of Natural Health on KTRS. Hello and welcome back to Naturally Speaking with the Institute of Natural Health. 
I am Dr. Seth Gerlach, and with Dr. T.J. Williams and Aaron Flynn. Today's show is all about depression, and we're talking uh, right now about causes of depression. We just went over a big cause of depression. Uh, we're actually talking about inflammation, but one of the sources of inflammation, uh, food sensitivities. And Aaron shared her story, and Dr. T.J. and myself. Um, even if we don't have a food sensitivity, there's a couple foods that we tell people they're pretty much bad for everyone. One of those is sugar. Uh, we're not really made to handle sugar. hundred years ago, our ancestors ate between, what was it, a pound to two pounds a year, I think, of sugar. Yeah, it wasn't very much. And now it's over 100 pounds per year. So we've just skyrocketed our amount of sugar. Yeah, we're, we're not supposed to handle these high amounts of sugar. And uh, even, even high amounts of sugar... It, it's the speed at which these things are delivered to us that are that are hard as well. Having a having a sugary drink and delivering you know twenty teaspoons of sugar into your system in in a matter of four or five minutes. Yeah, even fruit juices are super high in sugar. We're not supposed to we're not supposed to have sugar that fast. Yeah. So if you for all the listeners out there, if you have sugar or carbohydrates even without proteins, fats, and fiber. Those uh, the carbohydrates or sugar is going to get broken down faster. It'll be in your blood quicker, and your blood sugar spikes. Um, and that's not a good thing because it's a huge stress on the body. Can lead us to all kinds of different diseases, not only diabetes. Um, but sugar is everywhere, and even things you wouldn't even think of. Um, there's a lot of sugar in things like baked beans and ketchups and cereals and yeah. those the quote unquote health bars. Right. They're pretty much loaded with sugar, if you haven't seen them. Yeah, and any basically anything fat-free is sugar-heavy. Right. And these things can lead to changes in mood, too. If you're, if you, Again, if you're on that blood sugar roller coaster, if it goes up, then drops way low, that big blood sugar swing can cause a big change in your mood. So if you're having mood swings all day, that'd be something I'd look at, uh, one of the first things to look at. Yeah. Another, another bad, bad guy is gluten. Um, gluten, uh, the amount of gluten in wheat has skyrocketed in the past 30 years or so, uh, about four, actually almost 40 years. Um, but it's harder to digest. It's more concentrated and we know it directly leads to gut inflammation. Yeah. And, and TJ, it leads to anger. It leads to mad <laughs> TJ. <laughs> when I eat gluten, ladies and gentlemen, I, 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 I get a little angry and I get a little short tempered. And uh, I do my best to avoid gluten at all costs, but occasionally I'll eat something and there's maybe a sauce or something on it that I didn't really pay a close enough attention to, and uh, I'll, I'll eat that food. And, and then someone will ask me later, hey, did did you have gluten? And I have to think back. I'm like, well, yeah, maybe. It might have been right here hidden. Um, that stuff, that's that's some – it's a booger to keep on track of. It's, it's It hides in a lot of places. you got to really be do, uh, cognizant and diligent about what it is that you're eating to avoid gluten. Yep. We're a gluten-free office, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. If, if you had to wonder. Um, but gluten can also, so think of it this way. If the gut is on fire, the brain is on fire. When we're formed in the womb, the gut and the brain, they're made from the same tissue, and they're still intricately connected even when you're old. So if there's something going on in the brain, it happens in the gut and vice versa. So if our gut's really inflamed, um, if, it, if we have a leaky gut, things like that, um, you're going to have uh, mood changes, you're going to have brain fog, memory loss, things like that, even the depression-like symptoms. So be on the lookout. 
All right, Aaron's waving me, uh, flagging me to move on to the next subject yeah, here. She's like, move along, move along. I'm tired of this topic. <laughs> yes. Move it along. I think we talk about gluten and uh, foods on every show. Yeah, pretty much. About. Pretty much. It's we, important. We managed to get that in, though. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should be proud of us, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> it's important. Yes, it is. Uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Naturally Speaking. We're talking about depression today uh, with the Institute of Natural Health. Another thing that can cause depression is medications. Believe it or not. Ooh, medications. There's still a couple articles that uh, that even talk about that. You can find this stuff on AARP's website, medications that that can trigger depression. So. And, and Newsmax. Oh, and Newsmax. Um, there's a bunch of – this has all been coming out uh, recently too that we're figuring out that, whoa, wait a minute. Maybe these drugs aren't so good for us. Um, certain drugs for high blood pressure um, – Certain. Oral oral contraceptives Ooh. for all you ladies out there yes. taking contraceptives. Oh, oh that's a big buddy. one. It does a lot more than even cause uh, depression-like symptoms. It can cause leaky gut. Um, it causes nutrient deficiencies, which mm-hmm. can lead to a whole host of problems. Yep. So oral contraceptives are not um, the cute, cuddly, little, innocent drug they make it out to be. Um, Accutane, all for all people out there who are, have taken Accutane or take Accutane for acne, um, you're not only destroying your gut and your immune system, but you could be setting yourself up for depression-like symptoms. Not good. Yeah. E- even the medications that are designed to treat depression can cause depression. I think I see that on here, TJ. Hmm. Um, SSRIs, it's a big um, class of depression medications. And the theory is they want to keep more serotonin in the brain. Um, that goes back to their whole theory that um, depression is a serotonin deficiency. But it turns out that these can actually cause depression-like symptoms, mm-hmm. and it can actually cause um, suicidal tendencies also. Yeah, that's an, that's an unfortunate side effect right there. That, and I think that affects a lot of people, um, especially if, if you're having to be switched from one antidepressant to another. Um, you know, I, I always ask the question, if a patient's in our clinic, well, well why, why, why did you have to switch? Invariably, the answer is because the medication stopped working. Okay, well, your body stopped making serotonin. If this is a ther- serotonin theory, I'm, I, I, this is where I really get confused because I would, I would think that it would. Common sense tells me that if it's if it's helping you slow down um, serotonin reuptake, that it shouldn't just stop working all of a sudden. And it's these transitions that become very, very volatile and potentially dangerous situations for for a lot of people. I mean, they. We hear it in our office clinically. They tell us, "Hey, yeah, it was it was bad. It was a rough patch." So, and it's heartbreaking to see these patients come in, you know, and and they think these depression medications are going to be um, that they're going to help them out, and it's kind of their their last ditch effort, and it's actually making the problem worse. And yeah. actually, in some cases, we've seen people that are suicidal yeah. from these. I mean, yeah. it's just terrible. Yep. Well, and I um, think that that's. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, go I. Ahead. I think that's an interesting point that a lot of people do go to antidepressants because it's kind of their last resort and they don't have any other, you know, way of making themselves feel better because I know we've talked about this when we did the pain show, but like pain, I think, or, you know, like chronic pain, depression is something that if you haven't experienced it, you think that you understand, okay, well, people, you know aren't happy. They're sad all the time. But it's it's completely different. And just like we talked about, chronic pain is different from 
you know, having pain every once in a while. Depression is different from feeling sad every once in a while. So I think when people are around others that don't understand it and they don't have a way of fixing it, antidepressants seem like their only hope. And there always is something in the body that is going wrong that's causing you to have those symptoms. It's yeah. not a, you know, a Prozac deficiency. That's not the way the body works. Right. Yeah, we're just trying to put out there that there there is a different way and there's another possibility out there that it, there things could be going on that depression is just a symptom of a, a bigger underlying problem. Yeah, great point, TJ. Uh yeah, and I love what Aaron said though, you know, depre- we're not a we're not lacking Prozac. That's not why we're sick. You know, we're lacking some of the things that the body needs to perform and function at its best. Yeah, like amino acids. I mean, how we how we make neurotransmitters, how we make serotonin and and dopamine and epinephrine and norepinephrine is is through this process called the biopterin cycle. If you come in our clinic, I will draw this on the board. I do it every day for people, and I show them how we convert tyrosine uh, 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 and tryptophan and tyrosine. I'll get it out in a minute into these these neurotransmitters and we can have a genetic break right there we can have a problem with this and if we do we are not going to make these neurotransmitters as well as we would if we didn't have an issue we can actually test to figure this stuff out and once this has been explained to people light bulbs are going on they're like oh well now that i understand you you helped me understand in 5 minutes what it's what no one has been able to do for the last 15 20 years and it's really not that difficult, folks. It's just it's just having an understanding of what's going on, what's breaking down in the body, and how to work around that, how to fix that. Yeah, great. TJ, I'm glad you brought up neurotransmitters because I'm going to talk about uh, gut next. Um, so stick with us. We're going to talk about gut next. Um, if you have any questions on any of this or interested in anything of this, uh, give us a call. We'd love to chit-chat with you and answer some questions and Help you out any best we can. Our number is 314-293-8123. You can also follow us. We're on social media. We're always posting um, articles and health-related things like that Um, and some funny stuff here and there, too. We try to keep it light. light. Uh, We're on Instagram. Light and fluffy. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram, the Institute of Natural Health. Twitter, we're STL Institute One. We're on Facebook under the Institute of Natural Health. Um, And we also had podcasts of this show, too, if you're listening, you're like, oh, I wish my friend Mary could hear this. Well, uh, we'll put the podcast up later after this, and you can send her send it uh, her way. Yeah, absolutely. All right, stick with us. Uh, we're, next up, we're talking more about depression and causes of depression. This is Naturally Speaking. You're in the right place. You're listening to Naturally Speaking. Naturally Speaking. The show that teaches you how to achieve wellness naturally. On KTRS. Hello, you're listening to Naturally Speaking with the Institute of Natural Health. I am Dr. Seth Gerlach with Dr. T.J. Williams and Aaron Flynn. Uh, the Institute of Natural Health, we're a functional medicine clinic, meaning we get to the root cause of people's problems. So when we talk about um, a condition like depression, we're not interested in giving someone a pill to make them feel better for a little bit. We want to figure out what's what's causing their depression um, and fix that and give them the tools they need to stay healthy long term. Uh, and that's what this is really all about. So we've gone through some different causes of depression today. We talked about inflammation. We've talked about actually medications that can cause depression-like symptoms. Now I want to talk about the gut because the gut is so important. 
Um, and TJ mentioned neurotransmitters just a second ago. And um, almost all of our neurotransmitters, like serotonin, like dopamine, these are um, um, different chemicals in our body that stabilize our mood, make us feel good, things like that. You've probably heard of them. But over 90% of them are made in our gut. Um, so if our gut is unhealthy, then obviously our mental health is not going to be there. That's right. And and we we know that this is really important, and we've known for a long time, and, and a lot of research and things are starting to finally catch up to what we've known for quite some time because we're seeing articles everywhere on all news outlets. You pick a news outlet and watch it, follow it for a month or so, and you're going to catch an article. They do a very good job of rotating topics, but you're going to catch an article out there on – the, the gut microbiome and depression. It's a really, really hot topic now, and they're talking about the importance of things like probiotics for gut health in people that have depression. And they're, they're starting to do studies on this stuff, and it's really, really important to have proper functioning gut bacteria and, and properly functioning gut so we can make these neurotransmitters. I mean, we've got articles that we've pulled from CNN and MSNBC and Fox and 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 Medscape uh, Psychology you, Today. Yeah, Psychology Today. There's a lot of places out there. We we're scouring the news sites every single day. We go to the health section and just look and see, hey, do they have an article up that's important? And we try to get that stuff out there to you guys, but if you follow it all, you're seeing this stuff. I mean, I'm sure it's in popular magazines as well. Um, I don't follow the popular magazines as much as I uh, as I should but I just there's only so much time in the day, um, but true. the stuff's out there and and they're really looking and they're really trying to figure it out and it's stuff that we've known for a really long time already. They're just finally starting to catch up and say, hey, yeah, you know what? Maybe these guys, these jokers, are onto something over there. <laughs> <laughs> jokers, I love it. Yeah, actually, one study I saw, um, so they talked about IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, and that's rampant. I mean, so many people in America have that. But um, in this one study with all the different IBS patients, they found that 90% of those um, had a psychiatric disorder. Some kind of – something was off with their uh, their mental capacities. Makes so, perfect sense. Yep. 90 per, if, are the largest majority of our neurotransmitters, how our, how our brain and, and nervous system can, communicates, is made in the gut, and we have a dysfunctional gut, it would be, just be common sense that would tell you, well, maybe there's something else wrong too. Common sense should prevail. But yeah. You know, it usually doesn't. That's what I was going to get into. If we know this is science, I mean, it doesn't type in any of this in Google yeah. and you got 100 articles come up. Yeah. We know this is this is not cutting edge research. This has been out there for a long time. This is old news that's finally yeah. being fluffed up and, and revitalized and saying, hey, looky here. This is something shiny and new. It's not. Yeah. They're just dusting the dirt off the stuff that we've been working on for years. Yeah. But what, what makes me mad and irritates me is, if someone still goes to a doctor and if they say they have depression, the first thing they do is give them an antidepressant. Right. They don't even look at what's their lifestyle, what's their diet like, what's their gut like. What's their stress level? Yep. How's their home life? How yep. were they raised? What happened to them as a child? Were they, you know, were they abused as a child, either mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever? You know, all of this stuff plays a role. How, what's What are you eating on a day-to-day basis? Are you drinking good water? Are you... Uh, th- these are questions that need to be asked, and if they're not asked, 
what we see in our clinic is eventually someone finally gets tired of it. They're tired of being depressed and feeling like crap, and they come in and they sit down and they talk to us. And usually as soon as they shake our hands and say hi, they're crying because they're just at wit's end and they we're the last place that they're going. We're the last hope. And, hey, you know what? I'm fine with that because most of these people, we help them a ton. And that just happened not too long ago, TJ. Remember we had a patient come in. She's been on I mean, a handful of different antidepressants that, that haven't worked. And she said, guys, I mean, you got to fix me or this is my this is my last rodeo right here. Yeah. Yeah, you know? she's been on the on one on one medication for like fifteen years, mm. and and bouncing around on the on the other secondary stuff. It's just it's sad. Well, and I think that's an interesting point. I mean, two things actually. One is that a lot of people don't think that something like diet could make a change when they are feeling so bad. That's right, because doctors tell them, oh, it's not food. It can't be the food that you're eating. We have people that come to us and tell us, my doctor told me that there's no possible way that the food I'm eating is creating a problem. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? I'm the bearer of bad news. The food you're eating is causing the problem if you're eating food that's not good for you. Even if it's not depression. It's yeah, even if it's causing not depression. Something. <laughs> I mean, it's heart disease. It's it's diabetes. You pick a pick a problem. This is, you know. Yeah, and, and ladies and gentlemen, feel free to question your doctor and fire your doctor they work for you right you know not the other way around do your research a little bit be informed uh take control of your own health you know and but what's awesome though seth on the other side of this we've come across a lot of patients whose doctors are fantastic and they're excited that someone like us is helping the their patients and our patients work work basically co-treating these people to get them off of this stuff because they understand that what they're doing is just giving a patch. They're just patching them up to get them through to the the next day or the next week or the next year. And, I mean, we've got several patients that come in and tell us, hey, you know what, my doctor, Dr. So-and-so, is so excited that you're you're helping and, you know, they want to know what you're doing. So guess what? We write letters and we say, hey, this doc, this is this is what's going on. This is what we're doing. This is what we found. This is how we're going about it, and it's it has turned into some really good relationships between us and other other physicians in the in the community. Well, right. and I think it has to be frustrating for doctors who see this day in and day out, and they know that what they're doing is not fixing it. Right. But they. But they're handcuffed by the system because the system is broken. The right. doctors aren't broken. It's the system. Right. They're, you know, they're not stupid people and they can Correct. see this and they right. can see it's not helping. Right. And they're and they're leaving the conventional medical system in mass of, at of 5% a year and it's growing. 5% a year. There are 600,000 doctors. You guys can do the math. 5% a year are leaving yeah. and growing. And that's the way it's going to have to go for uh, for medicine to improve because our healthcare costs are skyrocketing and our healthcare outcomes are declining at the same time. Right. Something's got to give, you know. But our costs are relatively low and our outcomes are pretty high. Yep. And that's what happens when you sit down with people. It's personalized medicine, it's predictive medicine, uh, and it's preventative. Right. You know, it's 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 science-based medicine. It's not medicine-based science. You know. Ooh. That's this is what what's going on. Very good. Can I, once, in a, once in a great while, I throw out a gem, ladies and gentlemen. Write that down. <laughs> I'm not sure what I just said, but we'll record it and we'll do it again. It'll be on the podcast, so yeah. you will find it back then, TJ. That's right. I'm not, sure I read that somewhere. I'm not taking credit for that. I, 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 I'm I, sure I read that somewhere. I'll let you copyright it if you want, or trademark it. I'll trademark it, yeah. Cool. Yeah. 
I want to jump back to the gut, though, because I think this is so fascinating. Uh, New York Times has an awesome article out saying, can the bacteria in your gut explain your mood? And it is, go look it up. It's really cool. They do these animal studies on rats. And what they found, um, they dropped these rats in water and they watched their behavior and timed how long it take them to freak out. Um, and then they gave another group of rats uh, probiotics and put them in the same water and they found significant difference. Like the rats just chilled out. They're like, man, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm just in some water. That's no big deal. And they, there's also, they did, um, they had these really narrow walkways over the water to see if the rats will actually walk over it. And the regular rats, they wouldn't walk over it. They were scared. And then they gave the other group of rats probiotics, and they just walked over it like it was nothing. Yeah, they weren't scared. So this, I mean, this goes to show that just a little alteration in the gut bacteria can change your behavior, you know? Yeah. So the the gut, it's got trillions of different bacteria in it, if you don't know. And we need a lot of good bacteria and just a little bit of bad, and we need a good balance of both. Um, and when those get out of balance, that's when we start to see uh, really big health challenges, anywhere from depression to autoimmune disease to diabetes to I mean, cardiovascular disease. You name the disease, it probably has some merit in the gut. Yeah, Th- throw your diseases out on the table and go fish. There you go. It's, uh, it's going to be related to the gut somehow, some way. That's true. Aaron, do you have a question or are you good? No, no, okay. I'm, I'm I good. Just <laughs> looking over cool. Uh, when we come up, we're going to talk more about other causes of depression. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, they keep coming. Uh, so stick with us. This is Naturally Speaking. There really is a better way to live. Welcome back to Naturally Speaking. Naturally Speaking from the Institute of Natural Health on KTRS. And welcome back to Naturally Speaking with the Institute of Natural Health. I'm Dr. Seth Gerlach, and with Dr. T.J. Williams and Aaron Flynn. We've got a little bit of uh, show left to uh, chit-chat with you. And Aaron, uh, we were talking over break, and I think she's got something she wants to, to throw into the mix. Um, it was a really good point, and I wanted everyone to hear it. Well, and this, you know, comes from the non-doctor. But, um, but I just know from talking to both of you that antidepressants may help for a while or may seem to improve symptoms, but they're doing you harm in the long run. And I think that is something that was really surprising to me and something I thought was really important to get out there because even if you take an antidepressant and you start to feel a little better, it's changing your body. And in the long run, you're going to have problems from that. So you guys expand on that. That's good. Yeah, it's good. And and uh, there are many risks with antidepressants. I mean, the list is just too long to go over. We talked about the suicidal tendencies, but a lot of the studies, the good studies on depression show that there's not much difference between a placebo pill and an antidepressant. And then there's other studies that show that antidepressants are just as effective as getting the right sleep, exercising, and eating better foods. So, yeah. So go figure. Exactly what we're telling people to do. Yep. Eat the right foods, get some sleep, and exercise. Yep. It's a novel approach. It is. I understand. It is. Right. But again, I think that, and I know I made this point before, but it seems kind of crazy that something like the food you eat or the amount of sleep that you're getting could make that big of a difference when you're extremely depressed Um, because it's it's not that... Dr. TJ and Dr. Seth are thinking, this isn't really a big problem. I mean, just eat better. 
it is a huge problem. And I think, you know, it's horrible for people who are going through it, but it's really encouraging to know that you can change it without having to go on a medication. Yeah. And we're, we're not saying that change your diet and you're going to be all better. Trust me, there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle. Everyone's um, puzzle is different. But that's what's great about personalized medicine is we take a, a unique approach at everyone and we can tell them, you know, this is what you need to do sleep-wise. This is what you need to do diet-wise. This is what you need to do in your relationships at home and exercise and the list goes on and the nutrients yeah. you need. Yeah, the nutrients. You know? I mean, we just had a guy in the other day. He literally told us, I work 90 hours a week. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? His nutrient need has skyrocketed compared to a, a person who normally works 40 to 50 hours a week. I mean, he's, he's working more than double what an average person does, so he's going to need more things. Right, and I think that that's important that it, antidepressants can't be used as a way to live a life that you were just simply not going to be able to live. I mean, right. it's it's not a way to keep you in circumstances that you shouldn't be in. Yeah, and uh, we didn't get to uh, one topic we talked about is toxins that can be a huge stress on the body, and they're everywhere now. So a couple tips for people would be go organic when you can. The average American consumes over a gallon of pesticides and herbicides a year from eating conventionally grown um, plants. So go organic. Always be detoxing. Uh, we're not big fans of um, you know a weak detox here and there. Always be detoxing because we're always being bombarded with toxins. Um, things that would help with that would be you know a good uh, quality B complex, B vitamins, green teas. Um, sweating. Sweating is good. Get out. Exercise. Get off the couch and sweat. Yeah, or, or a sauna or infrared sauna is good. Um, getting enough sleep a night. Um, studies show that if you have five hours of sleep a night, you increase your risk of depression by 53%. So uh, there's so much stuff out there for people with depression. There's so many different things you can do. We would love to help. We see people all the time with this. Um, we love walking people through the process too. Um, you can give us a call, ask us some questions. We'd love to help you out. Our number is 314-293-8123. Our website's theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter. We're on Facebook. Just search the Institute of Natural Health. And we always podcast these episodes so you can find them later, uh, listen to them again, or share them with your friends. Um, I think that wraps it up, guys. That's about it. Great show. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. This has been Naturally Speaking. This has been Naturally Speaking, the show that helps you improve your lifestyle naturally. Naturally Speaking. For more information about the Institute of Natural Health or this show, contact them online at theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com.